Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Copy podcast. My name is Ran. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. And this is part two to our most recent podcast where we combine Stranger Things and YA because... Why not? Why exactly? Not. It, not no, why not? Why not? Why not? I was really um, proud of that. You said it, and it sort of just was like, <laughs> I, I need, I need to do it. Just jumped on that boat. I mean, we're not even like a couple of minutes in, and we've already got some absolutely amazing jokes. So I feel like, and 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 puns. So I feel like if anyone ever needed a reason to subscribe to the Hawkins Do Copy podcast, that was that reason. The bar is that low. If, that, <laughs> if that's the joke we're going on, the bar is that low. That low. There it is. This week, you are in for a treat because you get to hear our voices twice. Um, yes. We are quite excited for what's going to happen this weekend. Um, we, it's been in the pipelines for a while. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping it's going to work. Hopefully. We are really hoping it's going to work. I think next episode would be a really cool one for everyone to come and watch. Yeah. Um, I am planning how to edit. And um, I mean, I know how to edit. I'm planning how to edit this specific thing. Um, but we think it would be really cool. Um, and all I will say on that matter as a clue is um, something's coming something hungry for blood what is it (laughs) anyway if you missed the last episode then you shouldn't go you shouldn't have you absolutely shouldn't have but if you did we'll forgive you for this moment and you can go catch up on it um but basically what we did was we combined YA books, young adult books. We combined the Hunger Games and we said, would the party and then Nancy, Jonathan, Steve and Robin survive the Hunger Games? And then we also sorted them into their Hogwarts houses. And we were going to have these two also in that episode. But the episode got very, very, very long because we spoke for very long. Um, So in this episode, we are going to sort them into their like divergent identity I, I, identities I faction that's what they're called i mean that's it's the word identities though isn't it like yeah because you have to kind of live your whole life like that um and also saying which godly parent the party and extended party would have based on percy jackson you can catch us you can catch us at places and those places you can those places are Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher at Hawkins Do You Copy. You can catch us on our social medias as well on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast, and Tumblr and YouTube at Hawkins Do You Copy. Send us messages, all the messages. We still don't have a fan name. We hinted no. it last week. Fan name. But you know what? We don't have our fandom. Our fandom. Is nerds, nerds, no. Do you want like AV club? That's yeah, be, be in the, come in the AV club, join us. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, cute. we're the presidents, we're the presidents, we're the Mike Wheelers in this situation. We're the Mike Wheelers of the AV club. Yeah, I was gonna then get into a debate of who's president, who's vice president, but I feel like that's something we can do not on camera. Exactly. And we will establish that I am president. Anyway, let's talk about okay. uh, let's talk about Divergent. So also I wanna give a shout out, first of all, to one of our listeners. Because for the last week last week, Jamie, hi Jamie. Um he has been Hi Jamie. Me, yeah, he's been giving me tips on how we can do some of these and actually came up with these as well and I got to very proudly tell him they're the ones we were going to do so I hope we're making you happy uh thank you for the pointers it was very appreciated anyway Divergent it's been a hot minute for both of us since these have been read a hot minute um so what we're going to do we're going to base it 
on what the factions are meant to be about and their base characteristics, not what goes down. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because stuff goes down and we're not about that here. We're all about the peace and harmony that the factions were meant to be. We may touch on divergence. Haven't decided yet. We'll see. See what see what pops up. Um, so if you haven't read the series, um, there are five factions. Um, they are Erudites, Dauntless, Abnegation, Amity, Candor, and obviously then you have Divergent and Factionless. And all of them are divided into kind of what they believe essentially is what is wrong with the world and how they can solve it. So if we take Amity, for example, so that was formed in order to have a peaceful society that is free from conflict and sadness. Just all those kinds of things. That's how the factions work. Um, but we're going to ignore that one for now. Uh, we're going to start with Dauntless because I possibly have a slightly controversial one of who would be in there, but I'm not too sure. Might not be controversial actually the more I think about it. We'll see. So Dauntless on a whole um, is about fearlessness, being undaunted, brave, courageous, resolute. I am going to go right in here and I'm going to say Mike would be in Dauntless. <gasps> oh. Was it controversial? Yeah. That is controversial. No, I don't think it is controversial. I think I think Mike could be in Dauntless. And also, when you were reading that out, my brain also thought Lucas. And they I are quite well. similar. Yeah, I would put... Yeah, Mike and Lucas are... They're in there. It did say, on the very reliable uh, Divergent Wiki, that physical strength comes into it, uh, which we're going to slightly ignore in the case of Mike Wheeler. Um, because I do think, on the whole, he kind of fits everything else. That we know that he is someone that will just stand up to the face of it. He jumped off yeah. a cliff. I would say that's off very dauntless, to be honest. I would say that is where he would go. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think Lucas would as well. When you think about the way Lucas is with Elle in season one and the attitudes that he has, it's kind of... He's the one that's not really scared to be like, actually, this is weird. No, I'm not. And like stand up for that and stand up for for Will as well. They mm. they both are kind of standing up for Will in two different ways in season one, I think. Mm. And I don't think we talk a lot about the differences between them when it comes to how they're trying to find Will and kind of how they face the obstacles that are put in their path to finding Will. Yeah. Um. So I think Lucas fits in there as well. I mean, he he is, you know, with the fireworks and kind of being like, this would do that and jumping into that. He literally is throwing explosives. Hmm. He comes up with the idea to light an explosive. Yeah. And throw in his hand. And go. And throw it. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I, I think Lucas would be as well. Yeah, I think... I mean, if you have seen films, for example, they are... I think how to describe Dauntless within the films. They are those typical risk takers. And if you think about some of the characters, then mm. even though Lucas isn't necessarily as extreme, yeah. you can see him doing some of those things that they would do. Like when they're doing that task, what is it? It's like the catch the flag situation yeah. within the film. Lucas would know exactly what to do with that. And he would be on top of that right from the start. I think Mike would be in a different way as well, where he'd go from more calculated how can we use this kind of route yeah lucas would go more not brute strength but that kind of thing it's like i'm gonna attack at that and that's how we're gonna get through it which is very fitting yeah yeah exactly so yeah i definitely would say those two fit in there i would argue possibly nancy but then i am not sure about nancy yeah Nancy is on my list as one I could possibly see her as more a divergent route. Yeah. Yeah, I could see her as divergent because I'm looking at them and I'm thinking about what they sort of are and what they sort of stand for. And I feel like, not that she doesn't stand for any of it, because she does, 
but I feel like she stands for so much of all of them. Yeah. Not to say that the other characters don't stand for other aspects of the other ones, because they, they do, but I feel like Nancy is very... She is a bit of an outlier, actually. Like, if you think yeah. about how she is in, in the show and her attitudes to things and kind of her determination for so many, you know, the, and the way that she goes about it, it isn't always a dauntless attitude. It isn't a kind of jump in and fight, that kind of thing. No. But it, it, I don't think I, I don't I don't think she does fit. I feel like she could be a divergent. Yeah, because the definition for it as well is essentially, if you can't be swayed into that faction, that's essentially what it is. If your mind isn't going to be completely, yeah, I'm going to believe what that's going on there. Then and I don't think her mind would. No, because if you think how she's in season one. Even first of all, when she is, I'm going to say this in a loose term, I don't think this about Nancy Wheeler, but you'll know what I mean. It's like, good girl, Nancy. Um, With the long skirts and the pastel colours and all that kind of thing. And then she switches with Steve and comes into her own a bit more. And then switches again when it's like, okay, now we have a mission. Because we're going to go and destroy a monster. And Mm -hmm. she's just very... It's not selfish, but it's more, I can approach this from so many different things, but I am still me, but I'm not this white picket fence person. I'm, I can't fit and into I'm, that. Yeah. No. And she's kind of like, I'm going to do it. Like, you know, we reference a lot the argument that her and Jonathan have in season three. And I, I'd like to talk about it because it, it's one of my favourite scenes in season three. Um, and... I think that whole attitude with with that argument is, you know, the thing that's so good about it is that they're both right. Um, but she looks at it from like her perspective. Mm. Just, you know, it, it takes her a while to kind of... I don't even know if she actually does get to the point where she accepts Jonathan's side of it. Because yeah. he apologises. But yeah. she... Yeah. Um... No, I think she's. I would say she's uh, dauntless. Possibly, if we if we had to put her in one of the five, yeah, I would say she. I would say go there, there. But I feel like she wouldn't want to be in any of them. I think she would be divergent. Yeah. <gasps> oh. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the other one. Where actually, I only have a, I have a note with someone on, um, erudite. And this one is... You'll know where I'm going with this immediately. Um, Knowledge, intelligence, curiosity, astuteness. Um, Essentially, they blamed ignorance for the faults of society. And curiosity, it drives them to seek knowledge. Who could fit that? (laughs) Yeah, you could always say that curiosity doesn't always drive it's paddled <laughs> and you need paddles there you go yeah I Dustin. wrote Dustin down <laughs> yeah. for this um, yeah. but then also when I was writing something else could also fit something else but for Robin. the sake of this Robin. Dustin oh would work I thought you were saying I thought you were going to say when you were writing it down there was someone else that you could have put in there oh no there's somewhere else he could fit but interesting yeah um so dustin i think kind of obvious why he fits here even right from season one ringing up mr clark and being like how do you build a sensory deprivation tank season two when he thinks he's discovered a new thing and is like okay mr clark i have discovered this um even season three actually with the russian transmissions and all the things he built at camp yeah exactly so i think yeah and none of that is based on ignorance it's like need to learn need this need that and i think dustin fits very much there as i said there is one further on which he could also possibly go in but we'll get to that in a second who was that one that you mimed to me robin why robin just because i think Kind of how we put her in Ravenclaw last week, mm. in the sense that she also has that knowledge, like the thirst for knowledge, and mm. like the kind of 
she wants to know she's curious and the attitude that she has like I, the, the scene that comes to mind is when she's when she figures out the transmission and kind of the look on her face and the way that she is with it and then kind of her attitude of okay I need to know more so she goes and gets the blueprints and that's something that like I wouldn't even think let's go find the blueprints of this building in order to sneak in and do this um so I think kind of her attitude to different things and, and kind of the knowledge that she has and how she uses that knowledge to help her in various aspects mm. of her life, mm. she could fit in there. Um, I don't know where else I'd put her. I I feel like she fits that one. Yeah. Also, very appropriately on uh, Divergent Wiki, um, it does mm-hmm. say that they wear blue. Oh, so scoops ahoy, scoops troop. She's perfect. There we, there we go. go. There we go. The scoops troop. Well, I don't think Steve is erudite. I have a, a, an opinion of where Steve is, but I will talk about that when we get to it. Interesting. Okay, let's go with abnegation. Um, so possibly a controversial one for here too. But I, as I was writing more, I thought actually no, maybe not there. But okay. we'll go from there. So, abnegation to refuse or deny oneself rights, conveniences. Essentially, it is putting others before yourself. My controversial one, until I wrote more, was L. I thought that. I mm. thought I knew you were going to say that as well, because yeah. apparently we have one brain now. Um, and I knew you were going to go with, with L. And I also could potentially put L in there yeah um there are a couple of things and a couple of scenes from the show and stuff that i think "Mm, she made this decision and Mm. and that kind of thing but i can understand why she'd be in there because she does put people before herself quite a lot if we think a lot about how she's in season three as well it's like i can fight i can do this season three actually is kind of that idea at its prime i think that she's very yeah. you know she's very much i can do this i can do that she even tells hopper yeah. like i can fight she clearly could not fight at that point she she tells absolutely him not that he can or she can rather and even in season one where she was passed out on the table um in the classroom and then she gets up and defeats the de- defeats we don't really know what happened to it she vanished it vanished whatever um defeats Demogorgon and just disappears that's putting herself first she probably thought I'm about to die I'm gonna die yeah and just did it and season two as well like (sighs) Callie the whole Callie situation is like a really interesting one and obviously Callie and the gang are killing people they are (laughs) taking people out that did awful things to them um, and I know there's a massive debate on whether or not that's the right thing to do. But obviously Elle, even though she knows that these people have hurt her, she doesn't want to hurt him. No. And when she sees that he has kids and she's like, I can't, like, I was taken away from my birth mother, mm-hmm. essentially. I don't want to take that away from these kids. And, but kind of being with Callie showed her the absolute strength of her powers and how to push them and arguably she could get revenge that I'm putting in quotation marks for those aren't watching so that could have benefited her in in lots of different ways but she goes back to Hopper and goes back to Hawkins and then goes to close the gate yeah and I think that I think she is quite selfless actually Hmm. I I do. I think she could fit in there actually, but yeah. also, um, there is another one which is focuses on honesty, and obviously we've got the we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more. But we've obviously got the friends don't lie situation, so she could also possibly be there. But I I would say she could fit. Yeah, I would say she could as well. I can't think really anyone else. There is an argument for Will being in there. I wouldn't put him in there. Oh, do you? I have one. Who? Jonathan. Ah, uh, yeah. I can see Jonathan in there, actually. Yeah. I just, it just made me think of Jonathan and Lonnie immediately. Hmm. And he has 
worked since he was quite young to Mm. help Joyce. He knows that he has to help her to make sure that they still have a house. Mm. And he became essentially a father figure for Will Mm. and does put a lot of other people first. So... I think I think John's in good fit. I I don't know where else I would put him. No, I yeah. Saying that, I think Jonathan. I forgot about Jonathan actually. Um, I think he would. <laughs> Jonathan. He, he would fit in there. Yeah, I I'll mm-hmm. give you that. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. So there's an, there's an argument for Will. I wouldn't put in there. No, I don't think I would either. There's an argument, but it's a loose argument. <laughs> I have an opinion on Will, but we'll get to that. Okay, uh, let's move on to, we've got two more, um, Amity. Um, this is the other one where I thought Dustin could fit. Yes, I yeah. could see that. I thought that's what you were going to say. Um, so this one is friendship, peaceful harmony, mutual understanding and a peaceful relationship between nations. That's essentially what it means as a definition. So it's to do with music, love, art, games, laughter dislikes war amity was formed in order to have a peaceful society free from conflict and sadness i would say dustin also fits in here personally um right from season one to be honest when he's kind of playing devil's advocate between lucas and mike when they're like she's a weapon it's like yeah Yeah. but you have to admit even though she hurt you she's actually really cool um yeah and that kind of thing party is a democracy yeah not a dictatorship no it's just very yeah i mean obviously the music the games it, mm-hmm. he kind of i would say he's, he's a bard probably, he is a bard i would say he's probably more um erudite mm-hmm. but there's an argument for him being in there i would say yeah. but i can see it no i i could i could see that I think Max, potentially. Hmm. Because she has obviously been quite turbulent. Yeah. Like her life. Hmm. And I think she is... She's obviously quite defensive and she's on the defence when she meets the party and like she doesn't know why they're sort of treating her a certain way and that kind of thing. Um, and I feel like people sort of look at her as coming across as quite like abrasive. Mm. And she can, but also deep down, I think that she does want that like peace and mm. harmony. And she doesn't want the the reason why she is how she is is because she's had to do that to survive in the situation that she has. Yeah. But ultimately, she doesn't want Billy to die. She wants him to be okay. She wants there to be resolution and she mm. wants there to be mm. a, like that happy ending. Yeah. I guess. As much as I dislike Billy. Very much yeah. dislike him. In season three, it is suggested they are at least on better terms to the point when she calls him her brother. And yeah. she's quite upset and tries to actually get through to him by being like, it's me, you're my brother, I'm your sister, that kind of thing. So something yeah. has clearly happened. Personally, it would have been nice to have seen that transition, but mm-hmm. we're not going to see it because he's dead. Um, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? It, so it would have been nice to have that little bit of connection, I think, to get it across the yeah. board. But clearly, something is a, le- a little bit less rocky between. So I, yeah, I can see, yeah. I can see around that. I would have an argument for Dauntless. With yeah, Max. that is the other place I would put her. That is the other place I would put her. But I would say Mike and Lucas fit it more than Max. Yeah, no, I do as well, and like. <laughs> She, when she's kind of saying to Mike about not wanting to, why he won't let her join the party and that kind of thing, mm. she's doing that in a sense of like, why can't we all just come together? Why can't yeah. I help you? Why won't you tell me? Why won't you include me? Like, she is about like fairness. Mm. And like, you know, if you think about that and that kind of like want for unity kind of thing. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but I feel like that's really digging deep. 
No, because actually, though, when she's on the skateboard and Mike clearly wants to be her friend in the whole scene, he laughs yeah. at everything she's doing. Um, yeah. And she's like, well, I could be your Zoomer. And it's like, you can't be a Zoomer, don't be stupid. And that kind of thing. But it's just very much like, well, I'll be included this way. I could do this. And I'm really cool. Yeah. And it is, yeah, you said it's about that wanting to be included. And she's more, just let me in because I, you know, I want to be in. Yeah. Because I don't think she's yeah. the type of person that would make that much of an effort if she didn't want to, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And like, when she says about Elle's powers and she's kind of like, she can choose, like, we, she can help, but we also like, she can do what she wants to do with that. And there is that inclusive thing, like treat her the right way. Kind of, you, do you know mm. what I mean? Like she, that's kind of in there. And, and it, she is about fairness. I think she, she, if you think about fairness and kind of that kind of like peacefulness and I, I yeah, I, I could put Max there for some reason that kind of struck with me was Max. Yeah, I can see that. Well, there's only one left. I wonder where Will's going. Um, so this is Candle. I've also had, had this sudden worry the whole way through. I've been pronouncing all of these wrong. No, you haven't. Okay, good. Uh, it's Erudite. Erudite was my worry. Erudite, <laughs> yeah. Erudite. Anyway, okay, so Candle. Um, essentially, the state of being frank and open and sincere in speech or expression Freedom from bias. It is honest, uh, trustworthy, able to read body language, to detect lies. And it's essentially, it's those who have blamed duplicity and deception and believe that dishonesty is the key fault in human nature. And that was what started evil and war. I think Steve fits in here. Yeah, I wasn't sure at first. But... Yeah, I think he's really honest and... I think that his, like, if you think about how, I don't want to say, like, loyal. I don't want to compare, like, loyalty with it. But if you think about how, like, he, the things happen with Nancy and then he feels bad about it and mm -hmm. he does try and apologise and he does go back to be like, I'm really sorry. And he is honest. Like, Steve never keeps secrets no from anyone no he's like one of the most honest characters in that show hmm yeah like and the most open you can you know who steve is hmm he's he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve a little bit no yeah it's yeah i would never would have thought of him there before but actually yeah even after season two when nancy kind of says everything and like the next day She's like, oh no, I was I was drunk. It's not that. And he's just like, well, weren't there, were you? Because he still said it, essentially. And he still and takes her flowers to apologise. Yeah, he still does all of that. But, yeah, it is kind of that body language to detect lies situation. Yeah. He, he just knows. And like at the end, when he's like, Nancy, it's okay. It's okay. I'm a good babysitter. It's you know, which arguably he could also fit in Amity then, but he could. I think no. I I will give you. I'll give you candle. Thank you for them. Um, I can tell that you're absolutely dying to do it. So um, go ahead, free reign. Talk about Will Byers. Yeah, I I would have put him here. I think. Um, if you think about, we'll go from season two. Because I think that's he's the easiest. <laughs> he's not really in season one, um, but like there's there's little bits in it as well that we can kind of fit. But we'll go from season two. It's the easiest place. The way he is, he's quite blunt. Like if you think as well yeah. with how he is with Jonathan, and when he's like, um, so you're not a freak. He's like, yeah, I am a freak. I am this. I am that. I'm that. That. And the whole is that why you don't have any friends? Situation. Yeah. It's just very. There's no real bias in what he says. That some No. I feel like this is when I talk a lot about I don't know, we've mentioned it before. There's a lot of fandom will bias theories and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people will kind of place him as soft and he will agree with everything. But I think actually in the content we have he he's he's not. 
Not really. No, he's not. No. And as I said, the, I mean, very obviously, the to detect lies and body language stuff. The situation in season three, that scene is kind of a pure example of all of that. When they're trying to read exactly what they're thinking. Yeah. And when Mike says about how, oh, but we're just kidding. It's like, yeah, but you're not, are you? You're not kidding. He calls them out. He calls Mike out on it. And he's like, you're doing As he should. Yeah. But you don't even know where Dustin is. So, you know, what's what I would say he fits there. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I completely agree with you there. There is an argument for other ones with him. I think before that there are a few things he fits in. He could arguably fit in Amity with the whole why can't there be two Venkmans situation. I don't know. Just there's a few. I could argue that if he wasn't that, Hmm. He could be divergent. I did wonder, but I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> so, you, you know, I I think I think he could be divergent. I think if he wasn't that one, hmm. I don't think he would fit. I think he's a lot of everything as well. So hmm. I feel like he could be a divergent one. I mean, his whole character arc is that he doesn't really fit in. Yeah. Like literally. The he's this, he's that, he's called this, he's called that. And he does have some of the traits from the Dauntless. I would say, mm-hmm. to be honest, quite brave. Everything that went down in the upside down. In- he really is brave. Yeah. There you go. We can reference season one, Will there. Everything that went down there, we can talk about that there. Um as I said, Amity and the kind of like let's keep the group together in the same in the same reign with that argument with Mike. Um, yeah. when it's like well where's Dustin that also fits in with that it's like we're meant to be a party and you're ruining it um, yeah is there any I wouldn't say he fits in with I wouldn't say he's erudite no no not that he isn't no. smart but I wouldn't say he's erudite not in the same way Dustin he doesn't is. have the same drive to no. want to know things he sort of is quite content with what he does know. Yeah. And how to use what he does know. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Abnegation, yeah. I wouldn't really say. No. But, yeah, he can be selfless, but not... I mean, as I said, I said it earlier anyway, but not in the same way, I wouldn't say. No. But, yeah, I, I will agree with your argument there. I just didn't want to be the one to be like, Will's divergent. <laughs> Will's, like, just amazing. He just doesn't fit in anywhere. I feel like I you just called me out there. No, but that's what I would... I agree. I agree. Okay. So there we go. But also called me out. <laughs> that wasn't my intent. Sure. Anyway, let's move on. Shall we move on to my favourite, my favourite boy, my my favourite massive series mm. of novels, mm. Percy Jackson. Okay. Shout out to Percy Jackson and Annabeth Chase. I hope they're having a good day. Um, for those that haven't heard of Percy Jackson... There are a couple of rules. One, read them because they're amazing. Two, don't watch the film. Wait for the Disney Plus show because it'll be much better because Rick Riordan's involved. Three, listen to the musical because there's a musical. I saw it on Broadway. It's phenomenal. Those are your rules. Percy Jackson is a kid called Percy Jackson who discovers that he is half mortal, half god because... He is the son of a Greek god. And I won't say which Greek god, because that will spoil the plot if you have not read it. Um, but essentially, he ends up going to a place called Camp Half-Blood, where it is filled with a bunch of Half-Blood people who are sons and daughters of Greek gods and goddesses. And there are multiple cabins in each of the sons like if you get claimed by your godly parent you then stay in that cabin at camp 
Um, so we have done cabins 1 to 13 as the gods that we will take into consideration. So Zeus is the leader, essentially, of the big three. Um, so he is ruler of the sky and lightning. He has his lightning bolt. He gets very angry, causes weather. He's like the big dude. Zeus is pretty... The guy. Aggressive and... Yeah, guy in the sky, pretty... Pretty grumpy dude. Um, then we have Hades, who is another one of the big three. He is the ruler of the underworld. He's also the Greek god of the dead and also riches and is the oldest of the big three gods. Then we have Poseidon, who is also the another like the final big three. He is god of the sea, storms, earthquake, drought, floods, and horses, which is just, just a random seahorses, yeah. Little addition. Yeah, it, it's it's because he uh, invented a horse when him and Athena had the debate on who the um, Acropolis would be named after in Athens, but that's a different story. Um, then we have Apollo, uh, who is the twin with Artemis, and they both have an aptitude for archery. Apollo is very musical. He's the god of the music, the arts, plague, healing, prophecy. Um, and he was also very friendly with the nine muses. They were his companions and they inspire art and music as well. Um, then we have Ares, who's the god of war, but the negative side of war. Not that there's good sides of war, but he is the sides that kind of like the unpleasant aspects of battle, like bloodshed and courage. Uh, not that courage is bad, but like bloodshed and that kind of thing. He is the most unpopular god in Olympus and on Earth. We, we don't like hate uh we don't like aries bit of a slam against my uh star sign <laughs> don't Sorry. like aries uh, don't like aries um then we have dionysus who is the god of grape harvest wine madness uh religious ecstasy and theater uh then we have aphrodite who is the goddess of beauty love desire pleasure and fertility uh, Artemis, like I said, is the sister of Apollo. She's also very good at archery, but she is the virgin goddess of the hunt and wilderness and the moon, and she kind of stays away. She has her little uh, hunt group of women who sw swear off men and don't want anything to do with them and focus on just sort of what they're doing in their own kind of journey and knowledge. Um, then we have Athena, who represents the good, like the better sides of battle. So her, she's like battle strategy and warfare, um, but she's also about reasoning and wisdom and peace and intelligence and also using your skill. Then we have Demeter, who's the goddess of grain and the harvest and fertility. Uh, she's also Hades' sister. Um, then we have Hera, who's the Greek goddess of women, marriage, childbirth, and familial love, which is a bit ironic because she's not great. Um, she threw her Festus off of Mount Olympus because she didn't like the way her son looked. So, you know. Um, and then we have Hermes, who's the god of roads, travel, uh, gymnasiums, athletes, invention, thieves, commerce, trade, uh, and diplomacy. Di 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 I can't say it. Diplomacy? Diplomacy, that's the word. Yeah. Diplomacy. Um, and he is the messenger god. So of all of them, he's the kind of the one that delivers all the, the messages, you know, the shoes with, with the wings. And uh, yeah, so yeah. there's all the gods. My absolute solid go-to wouldn't argue, like I, I want no debate on this, like I genuinely just think that this is correct and that is that Dustin is a son of Hephaestus. Um, he just, so like Hephaestus is the god of forges, fire, technology, craftsmen, sculptors, volcanoes and blacksmiths. So he is all about like inventing and creating things and if you think about Cerebro and what he does at camp and wanting to learn more and use his resources to make something I just think he really fits as a son of Hephaestus. I can also see him as Apollo arguably just more from a music side of things I think I can kind of see that um I was going to say uh, Dionysus, but 
I think that's more a Gaten thing <laughs> than a Dustin <laughs> thing. So we will not be saying that. But I can kind I can kind of see it. Kind of. Yeah. 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 One, as you were reading those out, that I immediately jumped to, uh, Mike and Athena. Oh, yeah. 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 That immediately oh my jumped God. out to me. Mike and Annabeth in the same cabin would actually kill each other. If yeah. they were brother and sister, oh, that would be phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Rick Ruiden, if you're listening. Stranger Things, Percy Jackson crossover. The crossover, the crossover is what we need. Thank you, thank you very much. No, I can see. Yeah, as you were saying, I was like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's Mike. That that's it's it's yeah. Mike, very clearly to me. I think. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. That's yeah, spot on. I kind of can see Lucas mm. as Hermes, not like. He's not, like, the messenger, because he isn't the messenger of them, but, like, the way that he kind of is with trying to... trying to kind of work within the party and come up with ways to help in certain things. And in season two with Max, when he's trying to get her involved with, with the party and, like, the diplomacy aspect of that is what kind of ties in. I don't, I'm not like completely solid on it, but he kind of sticks in my mind potentially as a son of uh, Hermes. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that. I would have an argument, and I know you said that you're not going to take any arguments on this. I'd have an argument for Dustin in there. Yeah, as I was saying that, I was also thinking that. Like, I can, I so can we'll, see it. we'll scrap my Hephaestus theory. We'll, we'll keep it, it, we'll keep it, but, like, we can have all the arguments. Thanks. Um, no, I can kind of, I can see it, especially as you say about the messenger and then just trying to keep everything together. I think if you think about how he is in season two, he is kind of a bit like that. And yeah. just, like, wanting Max, same, you said with Lucas, wanting Max yeah. to be included. And, and telling her what happened. He's the yeah. one that goes to tell her. And he's the one that, mm. like, says about... And if I'm right, isn't he the first one when they go in to see Will at the end of season one that's like, we met a girl. Yeah, I, I kind of can see that fit in there. I have a strong case for Max as Artemis. Even as you were talking about it. I mean, we said it before, literally right before we came on. I was like, yeah, I can see her in that. Um, the idea that... Yeah. I know she doesn't completely swear off boys, um, but that there's more to life than stupid boys comes to mind. Yeah. And even her attitude in season two, even though she does end up with Lucas in season two, it's still very, wow, that was that was a great story, but whatever. And, you know, all those things like, stop stalking me, stalker, and all that kind of thing. And just very... Yeah. Her attitude is just very... It's not... I'm not going to say it's negative. It's not a negative side, but it's just more... No. Don't really need it. But if it's there, why not? Kind of attitude of things. Yeah. And that's not to diminish their relationship, because yeah. it's not, but just she's very no. independent. No, I agree. If you know what I mean. She is. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Ar- Artemis is the best one that she fits in with mm. that. Um so if we're going with Artemis and then we go to her brother, mm. I would say Robin is a daughter of Apollo. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I think actually, she's banned. She's in the band. Band geek. She's kind of band geek. All of that, um, and I feel like kind of Apollo, and the way that he is, it it does kind of tie into. Mm. Obviously, we are talking about Percy Jackson Apollo. Yeah. Um, not like, uh, we're, we're, you know, not Greek law. I mean, they do obviously tie in, but yeah, I I could see that though. I I think she kind of fits yeah. quite well. Same with as, the muses and all that kind of thing, tying it, yeah. tying it all in. It's just, I would say she's very within that. What are your thoughts on Will? I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely do not know. That, I mean, if we want to go dark, Hades got a death. I would. I was thinking Hades. Oh, okay. Genuinely was thinking Hades. Yeah. Yes. Because I was looking at the way Nico is. Mm. Um, for those that have read it, you will know about Nico. Um, 
And I can see Will being a child of Hades. Hmm. And not even the whole, like, you can control the dead situation, but just as, like, a Hades and the way that he is and the attributes of the children of Hades, I feel like, fit Will. And, like, his... The way that he is in the show and kind of his attitude to the supernatural things and kind of the like we said earlier he's very brave and kind of like the bravery that he shows mm. with it and against the the evil mm. i i i really think he could fit as, as a child of hades i'm glad i made that suggestion then <laughs> i think no, genuinely yeah. genuinely he's kind of what sticks out for me really stuck on nancy nancy could be an athena she could be. I feel like yeah. I'm grouping Mike and Nancy in the same things a lot of the time. But they, but... they have similar attributes, though. Mm. But just they work in different ways. Yeah. So I I can see her in there. I wouldn't say she's an Aries. She's not an Aries. Not quite. No, no. she doesn't quite. No. no. So if she was going to be anything, I think... Athena? She would go Athena. Yeah. Annabeth I would say and Athena. Nancy against Mike. What a Absolute force. Oh, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Jonathan, like, I want to go to Demeter, mm. who is like grain and the harvest. Mm. And, and she's kind of about like using resources yeah. and giving. Yeah. And I feel like that can fit. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I can see that and also keeps it within the family if we're going with Wilbur's Hades. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you go, yeah, no, I think yeah. that makes sense. Kind of fits with what we said before with the selflessness. Um, yeah. I'm working on that. Just more giving, looking out for people, making sure everyone's... I mean, if we're going right down to this baseline of being fed... And all that kind of, and grains yeah. and all that. Make sure everyone is, you know, okay. Looked after and literally. Yeah. So I think, yeah. He is tricky. I think the teens, apart from Robin, I say the teens, they're at this point they're all they're all teens. Um, but the older teens, so your Nancy, Robin, Jonathan and Steve are a lot harder to put into things. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't know if yeah, it's because I don't know if it's because they are arguably been more developed over time that's gone yeah. on. Because if you think about where they started with the show, they would have been at that. Not that transitional point of like, okay, we're going from, you know, you're like your typical coming of age. You're going from childhood, young teen, to now early adulthood. I don't know if it's something like that. So. Yeah. No, I know. Kind of already been formed, but yeah. However, mm. Steve Harrington. Yeah. Is a child of Aphrodite. Yeah, there you go. I take back what I said. <laughs> but no, beauty, love, desire. Hmm. It just the hair, all fits. The hair, but also the hair. Yeah. But also, he has a very, very, very big heart. He does. Yeah, and he did love Nancy. Very much love Nancy to the point where he's he going did. on about it in season three as well, and, and sticks up for her. He when helps Robin's like, yeah, oh, you know, whatever. It's like, well, no, she's not like that yeah. at all, actually. And yeah, yeah, and he helps Jonathan hmm. because he knows Nancy loves Jonathan. Yeah, and he helps with the camera, and I, I, yeah, I, I think he, I think he's perfectly. A child left him. So, we just have L. We do have L. And I think L hmm. is one of the big three. Potentially Zeus. That's where my mind was kind of going. Because hmm. I think with the lightning bolts, if we take his base term, the kind of angle of that, she has this whole plot point kind of in season two where anger is fueling the powers making him stronger for a bit and just mm -hmm. and even if we think about the whole idea of that i can fight i can do this i can do that it's that kind of very quite stubborn 
attitude yeah. in a sense it's selfless but it is also a stubborn attitude at the same time yeah i don't think zeus is comes under the selfless thing yeah. that's that's the thing like zeus's attitude to why he does things would be slightly different as to why l would do things but yeah. i don't think that means that she could not be a child of zeus if that makes sense yeah. because you don't you're not exactly like them no. as you know the way that no one is exactly like how her parents are no. So, but I feel like some of the attributes that he has could be passed down mm. to L. And when I think about um, some characters, again, I'm like reluctant to spoil certain things. I can, I can see how she could also be a child of Zeus. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I think as I was sort of going through them and thinking about them, that's the one that really stuck in my head with, like, her Zeus. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah. is that everyone? I think that's everyone. There we go. Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson. It would have been a lot easier <laughs> if I knew the series. <laughs> but we managed. It's fine. We coped. It's fine. I talk about it a lot. Yeah. You know essentially what happens. Essentially. Because I've told you multiple times. Yeah. I know yeah. the name, Nico. You do? I do. And also, you were the one that found out information from the last Trials of Apollo book to help me and tell me that Percy didn't die. I did. So... And we had a whole night of the drama of people figuring, thinking... Who is this one character? We had all of that. Yeah. Had, it was it was a There time. we go. We hope that you liked us diving into Divergent and Percy Jackson. These 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 two episodes have been really fun. So if you want to see anything similar, like Stranger Things characters as something or anything like that, um, please let us know on on sort of our various social medias and, and tell us any ideas because this has been really fun because we still delve into the world of Stranger Things, but we've also been able to kind of compare it to lots of other things, which has been really cool. Um, we did debate briefly if um, we could say who would be Team Jacob and Team Edward. And uh, I think the only thing that we uh, thought of is that Mike Wheeler would absolutely be Team Edward. I think that was the, the extent of that discussion. And then we scrapped it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that was it. We once again that was it. have not done the season three things <laughs> so no that will time, we will do that you can catch us on spotify apple podcast google podcast and stitcher at hawkings do you copy you can catch us on our social medias as well on instagram facebook and twitter at hawkings podcast and tumblr and youtube at hawkings do you copy thank you guys for listening to episode 33 of the hawkins do you copy podcast and we will see you next week over and out